Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Luke chapter number 12, I want to start reading with verse number 35, and I'll be conscious of your time today, amen, I understand where we are concerning the time and the hour, but just give me a little bit of time, okay, amen, starting with verse 35, the Bible says, this is Luke 12, mind you, he says, let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. When he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Everyone say immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. And this know that if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Amen. The Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. I have no deep revelatory message today, but I have a pertinent message. My question to you this morning, which is my subject matter, is this. Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Let's pray right now this morning, Father. God, we come to you today. We need you, Jesus, God, in this place and in this house. I pray, oh Lord, every spirit of distraction, God, that would try to skew the minds of your people, God, to be set at bay right now. Father, and I'm asking God for a cocoon of your anointing, God, to overshadow this place and your people, God, that sat in this tabernacle this morning. I pray, oh God, Lord, let the simplicity of the gospel, Lord, meet a heart, God, a soul, a life, God, prompt and provoke, Lord God, I pray something in our lives today. God, we'll give you the praise, Lord, and the honor and the glory for it. God, it would be my desire, God, for someone's life would be pricked in their hearts this morning. God, to make a move, God, to make a choice, to make a decision. Lord, and act, God, upon what they are feeling in their spirit. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. The lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready yet? Look at your neighbor and ask them that question. Now, I mean, come on. Say it as though there is something very, very, very important that's pending. You need to ask. Now, come Ask it like you would ask your wife while you're waiting. Are you ready ready yet? (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. We live for the most part in our era and our time. We live in a very time-conscious society. There have been a lot of things afforded to us in order to keep track of our time. Uh, It has happened for generations seemingly now 
Uh, people, you know, they started publishing calendars, you know, the old hard copy calendars because people wanted to keep track of their time. Even more so than just what happened in their day, but what was going to happen in days to come. And they went from that now to the electronic age and uh, they used to get these big old thick uh, planners. I had one whenever we traveled because we weren't not yet up to speed as things are today and had a big old thick Franklin, Franklin planner and you could, you could plan even a few years ahead of schedule and, and put down, it had segments, it had the day divided up by, by hours, even, even half hour increments and you could get very meticulous in how you were to utilize your time and, and so people had these things and now we got the, the calendar on our, on our uh, uh, phones and I got it on my iPad and I can put something in there and it'll, I put something in my phone and it'll show up on my iPad and I keep track of it wherever I'm at and, and now you, 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 know, you got more than just one calendar you know, you got to keep track for me. I keep track of my personal life. I keep track of the life here at the church. I, I keep track of uh, uh, the life in the community, what's going on in the community. Sometimes my wife has her own schedule. I keep track of that. And so I got all these different calendars that are melding together. And, you know, on her, I got her being pink and me being blue. And, you know, everything's color coordinated because we're trying to conscious of our time. It's amazing what you can do. As a matter of fact, any time, uh, uh, for the most part, I don't know how people are around here, but uh, whenever we go on vacation or we go on a trip, we have all kinds of information that you can get your hands on. In so much I know how long it's going to take me to get to my hotel. I know where I'm staying even before I get there because I've already done the homework. I've checked around rates. I've checked which is best. I've checked which is going to be closest to where my activity is going to be taking place. I already know what restaurants are in the area. Might already decided where I want to go eat. Amen. And so I got it all figured out. I have all these resources and, and, and we can figure out where we're going to go, if it's a museum or whatever, how much it costs. I know a lot of times before I leave how much money I'm going to need. On this trip, because I have all these resources that's afforded to me to let me know if I'm in my budget or outside of my budget. Some people going into other countries, they have travel agents and stuff waiting for the tickets just to be just right because they have a certain budget to work within and, and, and a certain time frame that they want all this done. And they can do that. All kinds of resources because people want to keep a careful track of their time, where they're going, what they're doing, how much money they're going to spend, how much time is it going to take. Do I want to drive or do I want to take a plane? Is it cost effective or not? Do I want to take a boat or a train? People are very conscious of their time and you want to keep track of your time. We, we got all these things blocked out. You know, I know right now as a church, we sit down every year and try to plan the schedule of the church for a year. So from the standpoint of today, we know some of the things that's taken place in the month of December. And we've blocked areas out on the calendar with the anticipation of that. Some of you at the beginning of your work here have already put down dates for vacation. Because it's the way that your company operates. They want to know when you're going to go. So you've already blocked out some time. Many of you may already be making preparations. Because you know it's coming. You know, this is going to be taking place on a certain date and you've already figured out you're going to have to start setting back so much money now until that time to have enough money to do what you desire. Someone say amen. Whenever the Lord was speaking in the parable... Speaking to the men of this hour, he says, they're as servants that's waiting. They're waiting for their Lord to return. They're being watchful. They know that he is going to return. 
And so they're being watchful. They're being careful. They have girded their loins and, and they have made themselves ready just waiting for the hour that he's going to show up because they know it is coming. Uh, the difficulty perhaps of this time frame is this. They knew it was going to happen. They just didn't know when it was going to happen. They knew it was going to take place. They just didn't know when it was going to take place. And instances throughout the word of God has portrayed that more than one occasion. We read of the Passover in the Old Testament. The children of Israel, even Pharaoh and his people knew that the death angel was going to come by in that nighttime. But they didn't know exactly when. So the children of Israel girt their loins. They ate with anticipation. They were ready. They didn't know when it was going to happen, but they did know without a shadow of a doubt it was going to happen. And so they ate with anticipation. They were ready. They were watchful. They had, if you will, their antennas up. Amen. For when it goes and when it happens, we shall be ready. No one knew that he was told of the Lord. I want you to build an ark. There's going to come a rain. There's going to come a rain. But you need to do the preparing now. now. I can't tell you the exact moment when it's going to come. But it's going to come. So Noah, you make preparations now. Get your house ready. Get the vessel ready. The Bible tells us in New Testament scripture, we have a promise that the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is going to come back for his church. There will be a trump of God that shall sound. There will be the voice of the archangel that will voice. There will be a splitting of the eastern skies. He will set his feet back upon the Mount of Olives. I know that day and that time is coming, but I don't know the exact hour and I don't know the exact reason or season but I do know it is going to happen just as sure as that happened I understood in New Testament scripture they knew the Jews knew that there would be a Messiah there would be one born that would be a Messiah many of them missed it though because they didn't know the exact time frame when he would come but they knew that he would come someone say amen and whenever I understand all these things that there are various places in the scripture when there are things that are spoken of as they are going to happen, they will happen, but the exact time frame is unknown, then that sets me in a position that I must always be watchful. I must always be ready. I must always gird my loins. I liked it last year whenever somewhere around camp time, we knew the dates of camp. We knew it was coming, but I remember way ahead, Sister Angie, Craig before that day ever got here I think it may have even been a week talking to sister, sister Nellie she was already packed I mean so much so ahead of time she knew even when the time was coming she knew it was going to happen so she went on and made preparations then someone say amen. amen see here's what we're dealing with in our hour Here's what we're dealing with in this generation. It's as it was long ago. If I can provide something, perhaps for an analogy type purpose, 
But whenever during the time back in our history of the sinking of the Titanic, there was also along that time another sinking that happened of another large seaborne vessel. Now, I may not pronounce this correctly, but it was of the Lus- Lusitania. Amen. I might have that totally wrong. Amen. But there was another large vessel that was upon the ocean who sunk very close around the same time as the Titanic. Both of these vessels were luxury vessels. They were big. They were boisterous. They had about the same number of, uh, of people that were upon each of these ships, the Titanic and this other. They had the same number of passengers. They, they sunk around the same time and they had similar numbers. Listen to me clearly. They had similar numbers of survivors and yet on the Titanic you can read history and historians say that during the process of the sinking of the ship there was the, 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 the cellist that was still playing the cello. There was the band that was still singing and giving the harmony of the music that even some survivors gave witness accounts that there were men that were standing on the edge of the ship smoking cigars as though nothing was taking place, as though nothing was happening. Yet on the other ship, the the whole theme and the whole aroma and atmosphere was totally different. People were panic stricken. People were doing whatever was needful or necessary for the saving of their life. There was no band playing. There was no people smoking cigars as though there were hours left in their day. But the people that were upon the other ship, they were doing whatever was needful, whatever was necessary. On the Titanic, we understand women and children first into the lifeboats. But at the other ship, honey, they were jumping out of the ship. They were swimming to the lifeboat. They were doing what ever was necessary and historians have scratched their heads and economics have scratched their heads and they come to one conclusion the only reason why there was any difference in the two accounts they both sunk amen the only difference was time because it took two and a half hours for the Titanic to sink but it only took 20 minutes for this other vessel to sink and as long as people thought that they had a lot of time they were casual in their activity they were casual in their response they knew the ship was going to sink but they believed they had a lot of time and so they went on with business as usual doing whatever fancy themselves but those up on the other vessel said I know this thing is sinking but we don't have much time so I got to react I got to jump out of this boat I got to get myself to sink we're living in a generation ladies and gentlemen there is one thing that should be known and if you don't know you have just been told today that there is an end of the world there is a coming of a savior it is going to happen but I don't know the time and you don't know the time and with that being the case I need not be casual in this walk casual in my spirit casual in my act Because another day passed and another week passed and all of a sudden we find ourselves back in some activities that we'd always have done and it's as though the second coming of the Lord is still a great distance off. Is it? Sister Rhonda McGee, both had similar number of passengers and similar number of survivors, but different.
different modes of time before the sink shh, sunk, sank. Sink, sank, sunk. <laughs> How could this be possible? Because the situations were different. One happened in 20 minutes, one happened in two and a half hours. Because those on the other vessel outside the Titanic made some preparations we're gonna react now they could have the same number of survivors because those on the other vessel didn't hold the spirit and the activity of someone that was being casual about what was happening God's been stirring my spirit folks even in the aroma and the element of this church we really don't have time. We really don't have time for casual approaches. We really don't have time for casual church. We really don't have time for casual worship. We really don't have time for casual commitment. We really don't have time for a casual alignment of our agenda. But Brother McGee, we know it's going to happen. We just don't know the time. Honey, and that's what should make you on your toes. That should what make you gird your garment. That's what should make you have readiness in your heart. Because I do not know. I do not know the time. Someone say amen. Look at your neighbor. Ask him, are you ready yet? And though the second coming is on the calendar of God, I don't know when it is on my calendar, but rest assured this, if I may bring another element to our minds, although it may be on the calendar of God, that time for you may be sooner than then. The Bible says, Sister uh, Sean, if you can help me, of Hebrews 9 and verse number 27, the Bible states these words. You need to put this in your mind and spirit. Write it on your calendar if you got to. Amen. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You have an appointment this morning. You'll write in when you're supposed to go see the chiropractor. You'll write in whenever you're supposed to see your physician for an annual checkup. You'll write in when you're supposed to go see the dentist maybe bi-yearly. There's an appointment on your calendar though. It's there. You don't know when it is, but it's there. And it's called your death. And unbeknownst to me, Sister Craig, it may be tomorrow for me. Brother McGee, you're young. That don't matter. It may be tomorrow for me. I'm a dying man that's speaking to dying people. I'm a dying man that's speaking to dying people and I got to look at the faces of this congregation today and say if we'll take much much work and we'll spend some hours deep into the night blocking out times on our calendars and making sure all the preparations are ready for our vacation or when we're going to visit our relatives and what we're going to do when we're going to get there and how much it costs in order to get that done if we're going to take that much energy and all these resources for the planning and the preparation of that appointment on our calendars I'm asking you today what type of preparations are you making for this appointment that you don't know that's coming do you know how much it costs do you know what's going to happen 
Somebody hear me today. You'll plan everything out. Honey, the only thing you need to be worried about concerning this trip is how you're going to get there. Don't worry about what you're going to do after the matter. I really don't think you can plan that. Besides, you got all eternity to do whatsoever you will, but you need to make some preparations about how are you going to get there. You are going to die. You will be pushing up tulips. And your remembrance on this earth will be no more. And as life as we know it ends there, there's another life that begins. We can take so much aches and pains for planning for a week. What are you doing in your preparations for eternity? I know it's going to happen. I just don't know when it's going to happen. I know what, what's going on. I just don't know when it's going to go on. Someone say amen. I don't know the time. But I can know the times. What are you saying? I'm saying the environment of which I am living. Jesus in his scripture, New Testament scripture, was speaking to them in the book of Mark, I think it was, or Luke rather. He speaks to them in each of the gospels really. But he begins to speak to them and he talks about wars and rumors of wars. He talks about earthquakes in diverse places. He talks about how, how, how children will turn against their parents and parents against their children. He talks about all of the calamity, how they'll say peace, but then there'll be sudden destruction. He talks about all these things. He relates all these things. He talks about there being false prophets arising and saying that they are the Christ, but pay no attention to them. They'll even do some miracles and marvelous things, but do not follow them if they profess themselves to be the Christ. He begins to tell them about these things. He tells even Timothy in the hour, amen, that he lived, that he had to be instant in season and out of season. He had to preach the word because there would come a spirit in and people who would have itching ears would give their ears to false words and false teachings and false prophecies and they'd be drawn in, amen, drawn away in that hour. Amen, that the last would be first and the first would be last. There would be a falling away before the second coming of the Son of Man. And you know what he summed up and said in Luke 21 and verse 28? He said, and when these things begin, when these things begin to come to pass, he said then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh he said when these things begin he didn't say whenever it's getting the worst that's whenever you need to react he says whenever you get any clue that what is I told you in scripture is being fulfilled you need to get your house in order you need to make the plans and the preparations you better make sure your soul is ready when these things begin you better start being watchful and lookful because I'm about ready to set my feet up on the same mount of all that I departed from you better in other words you don't have time to be casual right. 
I know this is different, Brother McGee. That's all right. We're kind of old school here today. This is just like old school preaching Pentecost. Amen. Trying to ring the bell in somebody's life and say, wake up. Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty one, stating of an hour around the time of John the Baptist, eleven and twelve, mine, sorry, not twenty one, eleven and twelve. A little dyslexia there. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. Used to whenever I was a younger man and I read the scripture that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. I thought about the calamity that the church and people go through, our problems, our turmoil, and all this stuff. But as I grew older, I come to understanding, past bishop, that the kingdom of God suffered violence. And then it told us why the kingdom of God suffered violence. Because the violent take it by force. What is it saying? They're not mincing words. They're not whistling along the sunset and smelling flowers concerning their path to the kingdom. They're not being casual. They're not being and putting it on the list as when I get around to it. Because we have those things we keep in the margin of our calendars too when we can get around to it. The second coming of the Lord and the preparations you need to make for that should not be in the margin of your calendar of when you can get around to it. And I know I'm a dead man speaking to dying people. And there might be people looking at me this morning saying, well, I've heard this from grandma and great-grandma. I've heard it from generations of family before me. They said the coming of the Lord was soon. Let me tell you, if one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day with the Lord, he's coming soon. And if the calamity of our world around us is telling us anything, Amen. Whether it be in politics or in government or whether it be in wars, whether it be in the suffering of our age, whether it be in this uh, new seemingly things that's coming out of nowhere all the time concerning lifestyles and things that have not even entered into the mind of God. Amen. That's cropping up on every corner and that everybody, it seems like different ones are beginning to take their own little spell of becoming against Israel. And that's a no-no all the way back from the, the book of the Old Testament. Anybody that was against Israel is going to be cursed and anybody's form is going to be blessed. Let me tell you, if there's enough of that going on, amen, it's a troublesome time. The Bible even said, woe unto the woman that gives suck to a child in that day. I understand that. I got children right now. And there's a lot of woe having children in this day. Why? Because we're living in the day of the coming of the Son of Man. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, every time we come through the doors, this is not just a little spot on our agenda. This is something that we need to be intentional about. Not just for our own lives, but for the lives that may set among us I'm telling you the honest to God truth brother friend whenever I tell you that as I grab that prayer list of all the names in our church of 121 and begin to pray through those this week that I begin to cry and travail when I came to certain names that have not been baptized yet certain names that's not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet certain names that have not repented yet and I did with a red pen mark out beside them Holy Ghost because every time I pray I want to spend some time there why? Because I know what's going to take place and I just don't know when it's going to happen and I want their soul to be ready. <laughs> How 
Somebody, every time it's afforded you to pray for the Holy Ghost, you need to pray for the Holy Ghost. When there's an opportunity for baptism, you need to get baptized. Take advantage of the moments in your time. And it can be done. My wife and I went on a trip this weekend to our spring conference, church conference. We had service Friday night. At the church, we went out to eat. They were an hour ahead of us. We went out to eat with some people and some friends and had a good time of fellowship, laughed, he hauled all that. Got in late. It was after 12 o'clock. They was having something going on at IU campus and as a result of that, hotel rooms were just flooded and full in the Bloomington area. So we ended up staying about 17 miles from the church in Bedford South, where the church was, because everything was full. We called hotel after having a hotel to full, 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 full for that night. And so we got in late, set alarm for in the morning. Our plans to get up. They had a nice hot breakfast down there. And I was going to go down there and have some eggs and sausage and gravy and maybe a waffle and anything they probably had there. I was going to take one of everything. My wife had brought stuff in the suitcase to make her own coffee with the coffee that we would normally drink in the morning. Let that thing brew and simmer and so on and so forth. We came in that night. We were so tired. They're an hour ahead of us now. But we're tired. The night before, speaking about coffee episodes, my body's very sensitive to caffeine. And uh, the night before this grand trip that we're going to take, we had a, a session of premarital counseling with Brother Justin and Sister Tosh around 7 o'clock, and I drank a cup of coffee. Yeah, I went to bed about 11 and uh, I read a book for a little while till about 12.30 and I attempted to go to sleep and I did for an hour and I was up the rest of the entirety of the night. And I'm going to start this trip so I'm telling you whenever I came to bed on Friday night I'm ready to sleep. I thought I was going to have problems though because there at that restaurant I had some sweet tea and it was caffeinated and I drank a couple pitchers. And I'm already a little apprehensive about whether or not I'm going to be able to dream about Jesus tonight. <laughs> but I did. I guess I was tired enough. I died. We died. I set the alarm. I have an alarm set that I uh, get Mariah up by. I let it go off so it indicates to me, hey, it's time to get your daughter up uh, for school. And that was going to be well enough. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, my eyes wake and I hear my wife and she says, it's 8.15. We had to be at the church by 9 o'clock. We're 17 miles away. When we came in at night, we were so tired. Her curlers are all over the bathroom. It's just me and her. Curlers are over the bathroom. Everything that we brought, I mean, it's like having a bell of hay. We just cut the cord and it exploded everywhere. And, and our clothes are laying on the couches and on the chairs and, because we were going to have all that picked up in the morning. So we have 45 minutes to pack everything back up get ourselves dressed and presentable, drive 17 miles to the church and be there at 9 o'clock. I planned on eating everything on the breakfast line. We planned on having coffee. But the time necessitated a different response. And within 45 minutes, we had that mess picked up. We checked out the hotel 
had everything loaded in our vehicle, drove 17 miles, and walked in before they even started. How does that happen? Because the times necessitated a different response. I'm telling this congregation today, the times are necessitating a different response. I don't know what you all planned out and what you all put on your agenda until that hour, but honey, the times are necessitating a different response and it can happen. If you really put your mind to it, it can happen. We were able to do that because it was just me and her. If it had been the kids, there had been another dynamic involved. Some of you, all you got to worry about is yourself, but some of you got some households. Hear this preacher today. Some of us got some households. We can't be flirting with the time. Because if little Mariah and Trevor was there, they're going to need to be gotten ready too. And as long as they are the age they are, you know who's responsible greatly for that? It's mommy and daddy that's responsible for making sure those kids have the shirts and the pants or the skirts and the teeth brush. It's up to us to make sure that preparations are being... Yeah, we could have got up. We could have brewed the coffee. We could have waited till it got done percolating. We could have had a drink. I could have went down to the breakfast bar. I missed breakfast that morning, folks. <laughs> but you got to decide what's important, what's not important. I, I could have went on and got up at 8.15 and had the coffee and went down to the breakfast bar and had the orange and the, <laughs> the apple and the eggs and the sausage and the biscuit and the gravy and, and the cereal with the milk and the orange juice and had it all. But at the expense of something that was only going to take place one time. I can go back up Bloomington right now tonight and spend the night there and tomorrow morning I could have breakfast. But that spring conference and the events that took place there, right there, everything as it did, one time. And if I missed it, I missed it. So look at your neighbor and ask them, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Ask them this question, what are you willing to sacrifice to get ready? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Ashimi 
In Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 15, there was a story related to us of a man by the name of Lot. He and his household that have pitched their tent towards Sodom. They went and dwelt at Sodom. Lot is found daily at the gates of Sodom. There is going to come destruction upon Sodom and Gomorrah. There is going to be fire and brimstone that falls upon the city. And good deed, good word for Lot is that he has been warned. Even for him, he's been told, this is going to happen. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 15, and when the morning rose, Genesis 19, verse 15, and when the morning arose, then the angels listened to, listen to the haste. Listen to the urgency of the angel. He hastened. He hastened, Lot saying, arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. In other words, Lot, get ready. But this has become the mode of life for Lot. This has become his familiarity to his surroundings. And there are no sadder words than the four, first four words of the next verse. And while he lingered. The angel hastened him and said, arise, get your wife, your family. I don't want you to be caught in this fire brimstone that is going to fall. But with that understanding and with that news, Lot still yet lingers. This is the hand of God, folks, that the men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. Look, and the Lord being merciful unto him, they brought him forth and set him without the city. God being merciful. Let me tell you something. God is full of mercy. He's great in grace. And we need to pay attention when we have those little feelings of intuitions in our life that, you know what, maybe I need to get this straightened up. We need to take advantage of those times that we go to the funerals of some of those of our relatives and we stand there and we begin to ponder our own life. What is that? That's God being merciful. Pay attention to those intuitions and those feelings and so on and so forth. You do not need to neglect them and push them off in a casual way as though everything's dandy. God's being merciful. God's being merciful. I'm asking you today, do not linger. Do not linger. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? I'll close this morning if I can go to Luke chapter number 12. Go back to Luke chapter number 12, rather. Some of us just have no sense of time. Luke 12 and verse number, verse number 16. I'll read these verses of scripture. Go on and stand with me today. Be mindful of our hour here. 
another parable that the Lord unleashed in chapter 12, the same chapter which was my scripture reading. And remember in the scripture reading, the Lord even said, he said, if the good men of the house had known what time the thief was coming, he made preparations at that time definitely to be there. We don't know the time, but we do know it's coming. The Lord said he even may come as a thief in the night. We do know he's coming. I don't know when. So that should that much more put me on the edge of my seat. You know, if somebody tells me in today's real world, if I'm waiting on somebody to come pick me up and they said, I'll be there somewhere between 9.15 and 9.30. I don't wait to go out there to stand till 9.30. I'm there before 9.15. Because I know somewhere in here, they're going to show up. <laughs> and let me speak in just real literal terms here. There isn't going to be a point of time in that day to hold up your hand and say, just give me five more minutes. I'll be right out. Bible says in verse 16 another parable and he spake a parable unto them saying the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully and he thought within himself saying what shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits and he said this will I do I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul so thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease eat drink be merry but God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. He said, So we got a lot of time. We got a lot of time. So kick back. Take it easy. I know there's other things that need attention, but we got, we got a lot of time. God spoke to that man. He said, you're a fool. So I'm going to require your life of you tonight. I'm going to require your life of you tonight. Folks, I'm not trying to preach ultimatums this evening, but I'm just saying today, if we were to ever just take just a small little bit of time and think about life and ask ourselves a question just here and there along this journey, what would be my response and reaction today if I knew my life would be required of me tonight? What would it be? And I'm not asking us. I understand. I know we can't live in fear and we can't, you know, walk around and, you know, you don't walk underneath a ladder, you know, and all this stuff. But I do believe there needs to be some type of consciousness in the realm of the spirit and understanding that what he said is going to come to pass. It is going to happen. And you might not have a literal date you can circle on your calendar, but there's one there. There's one there. And if we can just bow our heads today, I want you to ponder the question that I have posed to this congregation this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready yet? Is all the planning and all the preparation, is all of that set in order? That if this voyage would be ready to take off in a moment, are you ready yet? Are you going to be one that's going to be sticking up your hands saying, no, just, just give me five more minutes. Just give me another service. Just, just give me another revival. Just give me some more time and uh, we'll get it all together. Are you going to be one of those that's going to be wishing for more time? Or are you going to be one of those that's setting? You're watchful. You're waiting. And you've made all the means and preparations that's needed to be done. That at a moment's notice, you're ready to get up out of here. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.